You're listening to The Deadly Dose, hosted by Harini Bott and Megan Gesner. Hello, Poison Pals. Welcome back. Today, it's Harini's turn to tell a story. It's been a long-ass week. Don't want to talk about it. No. But we're... No talking. No about talking. It. We're just gonna... So we're just going to go straight into our story. Yeah. Got it. All right. Well, first of all, I will, I will say this. I was going to say, okay. if you guys haven't heard enough of it by now, we have the most delicious little pins on our website now. The enamel hard pins. We have a poison mushroom pin that says, pick your poison. It's very mm-hmm. cute. And then we also have a don't risk it for the biscuit pin. So two of our podcast catchphrases that you can get. And if you want to know where it is, it's on our website under the shop tab. Mm-hmm. Go get yourself one. Get an early Christmas present for somebody or birthday present. Just do it. Be that friend. Be a good friend. And we also have our Patreon. If you want to join our Patreon, we won't go through all the tiers today because we've done that in a previous episode. So if you want to know what's in each tier, there's two tiers. Just go to patreon.com slash deadly dose. All right. Yeah. Enough business. Ain't nobody business. Ain't nobody Okay. Uh, wait, which one are you singing? I'm singing. I'm singing. Else. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Because I have, I have actually been re-listening to Unapologetic Rihanna's whatever Unapologetic sixth yeah. album or whatever <laughs> Unapologetic. <laughs> That's the British way to the say British. it. Anyway, um, aluminum. But <laughs> exactly. But ain't nobody's business is on that album, and I have been boogie woogieing to that song over and over again. Are we getting ready song. for Rihanna? Is this like our pregame to her, like yeah, her, her Super it Bowl is. show? Hold on, let me let me count let me count my hands: October, November, <laughs> December, January. Yeah, I need four months of just listening to all of Rihanna, only Rihanna. Yeah, because we've forgotten because <laughs> it's been so long. It's okay, we understand. It's true. We all have different interests. We won't yeah, yeah. fight you for it. All right, well, let's get back to the story. So, <laughs> okay, no, we have not started. Take it away. <laughs> so this is officially. October now by the time that you're listening to this if you want to hear the behind the scenes we are recording this on September 29th so technically like two days from now whatever so it will be officially October and Yay. it is mine and Megan's favorite time of the year although I won't I won't speak for you but I think December is probably a close second or maybe first for you I don't know uh no Thanksgiving is like okay, my favorite Thanksgiving. holiday <laughs> So but none of the above. <laughs> none of the none of the above. However, I I love all that time of the year, yeah, like yeah, October yeah. through New Year's. It's our time. Yes. It's my time. It's our time. Really, yeah. Poison Pals. We are like winter babies, mm-hmm, essentially mm-hmm. fall to winter babies. So ready to shine. Yeah, we anyway. were born in the darkness, so we need to shine as much as possible. So in the darkness. In the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> all the lights are off but yeah. <laughs> so for me i'll speak for myself i love okay. halloween megan loves halloween too yes that's love how it. that's Adore why it. we're friends that's yeah. part of it i know <laughs> halloween isn't a whole month but the entire month of october in the last halloween. in the last two weeks of september <laughs> let's be totally honest with ourselves it's simply mm-hmm. halloween it's just halloween yeah. so yeah in honor of our favorite month but also our i i wrote in here our two-year anniversary but it's our three-year right 
Yeah, it is. Damn, I didn't is even it? understand when I wrote this. 2020, 2021. <clears throat> no, it's two years. No, it's two. Oh, okay. I wrote yeah. <laughs> on Instagram it was three. I was because I whenever that's I thought, okay. I, was like, I believed you. I was like, yeah, it has been that long. <laughs> I, I clearly believed me because I wrote yeah. it. <laughs> Anyways, I trust myself when I wrote this. It was our two year anniversary of starting mm-hmm. the pod. So mm-hmm. we want to always dedicate October to spooky and scary stories. I'm mm-hmm. always very excited. And Megan will know I had a whole other story for this. And then I mm-hmm. scrapped it because I was so stressed and I just wanted to perfect my two episodes just right. So I told her, Megan, can we record tomorrow so I can do a different story? So we are yeah. back and I'm actually very, very content with this story. Woo. I think you're excited. That's <laughs> yes. to hype myself ready? up. <laughs> no, hype yourself up. Hype, I'm excited. Hype. I'm I'm ready to be scared out my knickers. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, I don't think I can scare you, Megan, because your okay. scare tolerance is quite high, but I think you'll enjoy the ride. The haunted yeah, yeah, hay okay. ride. As it yeah, were. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. So just for people who might be tuning in, these episodes are going to be different than our typical content because they don't nece- necessarily involve science, although they could, but it's a fun way for us to celebrate the fall and the spooky season with all of you. So I'll be kicking it off today with our first episode of the Spooktober series, and I'll be talking about vampires or vampires. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love vampires, but like, oh, so not cool. like, not like obsessed, but there is something that's fun about their lore. <laughs> Yes, I really want to do something about folklore or just Mm -hmm. legends, urban urban legends and things like that. So I really want to do the Loch Ness Monster because you know how much I love the Loch Ness Monster. But I was like, no, we need to do something that's more Halloween-y. So here we go. Let's do this. So we start out in – also, I apologize for any of the names of the places. Uh, I'm not Eastern European, so I'll try my best. (laughs) We're going to try our best. Also, fun fact – um, I never used to say vampire like vampire <laughs> until I met Harini. Harini, it was an influence. Now, when I say vampires, I'll always kind of say vampire first. <laughs> I love it. And the reason I do say it like that, because like the old version of spelling is V-A-M-P-Y-R-E-S, which yes. can still be yes. vampires, but I like right, to say right. vampires. Vampires. <laughs> <laughs> That's why vampires call their friends vampires. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute oh okay so megan you're my vampire let's keep going okay <laughs> so we start out in medveda serbia in january 1732 picture this you're in a cemetery right now and if you look up mm-hmm. the car the carpathian mountains loom <laughs> ominously over the graves there are 40 villagers that are exhumed so they're all lying face up brought up six feet under from the earth in the graveyard Mm. this morning. Okay. And of the 40, 13 were identified as vampires. Why? Because their fresh blood was seeping from their mouth, their nose, or a gaping wound in their chest where a stake was driven in. All evidence of a chilling life of vampire sin. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I have questions, but I won't. I, I'm sure you'll answer them oh, as you oh, go. All of them will be answered. Okay. So a doctor was on the scene to examine the vampires. Dr. Johan Flukinger was a regiment and medical officer dispatched by the Honorable Supreme Command. I gather 
this man is from the city. And so he was a little bit uneasy about being asked to travel to this remote town on the edge of the Habsburg Empire. Dr. Flukinger kneels down over this young 20-year-old peasant woman named Stana as he begins his dissection. As he does so, he notices that she was, quote, quite complete and undecayed, despite having died in childbirth two months before. Hmm. Unlike the others, her blood did not clot, and after opening up her rib cage, he saw that her lungs, liver, and spleen were still quite fresh. And the woman's skin wasn't sallow or deteriorating or even pale. It was fresh and vivid, and she even had a pool of blood in her stomach and her chest cavity. Hmm. I should do a warning. This might be gory. This episode might be a little bit gory. I wouldn't say it's scary, but it's gory. Okay. So I know this is a spook spooktober episode. Yeah. But my logical brain is like, what if she just had really good genetics and decomposed like slowly because her genes were that good? Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. You're onto something, Megan. I will say that. Okay. okay. Well, of course, the only explanation of such a thing would that be she was bitten by a vampire and she must have risen from the grave to feast on the blood of the living to survive. After the examination, all the heads were cut off of all the people who were deemed vampires and then were burned. And then their mm. ashes were thrown into the river. Okay. <laughs> Those poor fish. <laughs> now the fish are vampires, right? <laughs> Vampire fish. Uh, Love it. So what brought the doctor to this godforsaken cemetery in the first place was a report by a former soldier, Arnod Powell who fled his post in Turkey after he was bothered by a vampire. That's the word that he is, bothered. Bothered. <laughs> Don't know what that <laughs> means, but <laughs> it sounds benign. <laughs> so yeah. Arnold went to Serbia, where he got engaged to his neighbor's daughter, but Arnold had a sudden and unexpected death. And it wasn't long before people in the village reported seeing Arnold wandering the village at night. Hmm. Some even said that Arnold attacked them or that they saw him transform into a black dog and he was hunting for something. Hmm. More than 20 people died mysteriously in that same village and all within a span of a few months. According to villagers, Arnold not only attacked people, but also the cattle. He would suck the blood of the cattle Mm -hmm. and leave them for dead. So, at this time, there's a belief that there's two ways you could become a vampire. You could either be bitten, which is, I think, what a lot of people know of today, or you could eat infected meat, as in like what a vampire might have bit into, and then mm-hmm. you can become a vampire by that way, by eating that same mm. meat. So to put this vampire activity to rest, the villagers drive a stake through Arna's heart, as was the custom, and mm-hmm. Arna let out a low groan, and that was that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It was believed that once a person turned into a vampire, they could transform into a beast or an animal and Mm -hmm. then spread their vampirism to unsuspecting victims that Mm -hmm. way. So being like transforming into a bat or a rat or a wolf. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The idea or concept of a vampire basically didn't exist in European minds prior to 1730. So this has not been a phenomenon forever. Mm Mm-hmm. And Johann Flukinger's report would go on to become the most thoroughly documented and circulated vampire narrative in the world. Mm. And these vampire stories traveled as rich folklore across Europe until eventually they reached the hands of an obscure Irish writer and theater manager, Bram Stoker. Mm -hmm. So to this day, Bram Stoker's Dracula is not considered to be the most widely disseminated information on vampirism or vampirism. It's Mm -hmm. this doctor's. Mm 
So let's talk a little bit about Bram Stoker's 1897 novel, Dracula. It's mm-hmm. almost entirely an English original, but a few key parts will draw from Slavic folklore mixed with European witchcraft. So hmm. Stoker's Dracula was this elegant and almost seductive aristocrat, from Sla- but Slavic vampires were considered remote villagers that became possessed. Mm-hmm. And in terms of appearance and mannerism, those vampires would have more in common with Max Schreck's performance of Nosferatu. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the idea of vampires infecting their victims through bites and transforming into animals like bats is all direct from Slavic folklore. Got it. So what these folklore stories tell us, though, is that Slavic and Euro- European vampire mythologies – they say an important story about people's understanding of natural events like death, decomposition, and infectious diseases prior to our modern medicine times. So mm. basically, I was not expecting this to be like science-based or medical-based, mm-hmm. but it actually heavily is, which I kind of like. It's sort of like myth-busting, but also just like the origin story of certain things. Right. So these vampire stories also came at a time when many Christian societies expressed anxiety over drawing a clear line between humans and animals. Mm-hmm. UCLA historian Paul Barber describes tales of vampires as a very interesting way to explain otherwise puzzling phenomena that is death and decomposition. Mm. Surprisingly, we still don't understand a whole lot about decomposition, and it's not as quick of a process as some people might think it is. Putrefaction happens at around 50 degrees Fahrenheit, but it can happen quicker, which makes sense, at higher temperatures between 70 Mm -hmm. and 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, the temperature six feet below ground is typically a lot cooler, and therefore Mm -hmm. the decomposition happens eight times slower than it would on the surface. Yeah. So if you're a villager at the time, it's not surprising to hear that the exhumed bodies at the Medveda Village Cemetery were basically intact for weeks and even months. Plus, it was January. So the average above ground temperature was above freezing. Yeah. It's almost like they forgot the whole reason why they bury their dead in the first place is first and foremost to ensure that scavengers don't come into the village. (laughs) Right. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. And also like to prevent disease. But uh, it is funny. Like, like, they, humans, are the cause of our own fears. <laughs> always, though. Yeah. Always. <laughs> so, but I, I understand it to an extent from the commoner's point of view because mm-hmm. what happens? So a commoner dies in their home, let's say, or on the street, and mm-hmm. the family can't pay for proper burial. So mm-hmm. they're left out to nature to just die. And yeah. people see the body decomp in real life and think, okay, that's the natural timeline. That's the natural progression after death. And that's what it looks like. Right, so right. not realizing that a body underground is totally different. Also, the bacteria that cause decomposition like to feed on protein-rich blood. But if the person died from blood hemorrhaging or a significant blood loss, then there's not much for the decomposition bacteria to munch on. So the entire mm. process happens a lot slower. Mm-hmm. Deaths involving massive blood loss were usually sudden or violent deaths, which often spun the folklore larger because rapid or violent deaths were viewed as unnatural to begin with, uh, and thus were more likely to be investigated or exhumed for evidence of witchcraft or demonic guilt, as they would call it. Hmm. So it kind of just like cycles into each other. Yeah. But by far the most common way you get labeled a vampire after death is if you had blood around the mouth, nose, or ears. Interesting. 
Yes. So this is a quote from oh it's an early slavic account so this is a quote so mm-hmm. vampires suck the blood of living people and animals in such great abundance that sometimes it comes out of their mouth their noses and especially their ears and that sometimes the body swims in its blood which has spilled out into its coffin do so, we have a uh explain like a scientific explanation for that what oh, can yeah, cause yeah. posthumous All bleeding of this- out of the mouth nose and ears yeah, we're going to hit okay. all of this with science. Okay, okay. Cool, cool. So we are myth-busting today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so again, Dr. Barber of UCLA applies modern science to this. During the normal process of decomposition, the lungs become loaded with blood and fluid, and then the brain liquefies. Mm, so okay. depending on how Makes the sense. body – Yes. So yeah. depending on how the body is placed or laid to rest, liquid mm-hmm. can leak just simply by gravity because yeah. you got to think about it your eyes nose and ears they're orifices they're open holes to your body yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. they can leak out right yeah just like things can get in you can come out so yeah yeah anyways so if you were ironically, like <laughs> if you were like buried yeah, yeah, yeah. face down then like all girl, your liquids just come girl. out your eyeballs. <laughs> girl sorry you are Yes, okay, okay. Yes. I'll, I'll stop asking. I'll stop talking. <laughs> no, no. I I'm, love it. I'm jumping I love ahead. It. Yeah. Megan is just smart beyond words, Poison Pals. I'm telling you. <laughs> brilliance. Okay. All right. Ironically, people suspected – okay. So Ironically, yeah. people who were suspected of being vampires at the time of burial were mm. placed face down. Loaded. In their coffin. fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> exactly. These people, we are the cause of our own fears. Exactly. 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 <laughs> it's, it's, if, it, if I wasn't like a common villager at that time and was scared out of my mind, this would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there was like a, a witch in the background it, lurking in the corner, like these bitches don't even understand, <laughs> right? Uh, and they're actually just like a modern medicine woman, right? Right. Time traveling from 2022. So funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so ironically, people suspected of being vampires at the time of burial were placed face down in their coffin to make it harder mm-hmm. for them to find their way back to the surface. Because if they're face down, they don't understand where they are. They've lost all orientation <laughs> of where they are. <laughs> That happens to me. If I'm face down while I'm sleeping and I wake up, I'm like, I don't know where, where I am. am. I? Where am I? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> so when these bodies get exhumed, of course, they have red fluid, fluid coming out of everywhere. Yeah. It, it, as you said, self, self-fulfilling That's, prophecy. This makes me wonder, because like at the end of the day, I'm like, then, okay, if you put all the work into burying them face down because you're worried that they'll escape why are you exhuming them in the first place? Exactly. And there's a part of me exactly. that's like, you know what? This is one of those situations where somebody's in on the joke, essentially. Like someone, this is where I believe, like someone knows what's up and knows exactly how these bodies are decomposing. But in order to retain power and fear over their community, they're like, no, this is the way to do it. We got to bury these fools face down. I, I proclaim they are a vampire vampire so when they get buried put them face down yeah and then watch we'll exhume them yeah and they'll be all bloody there thus is proof i am right and i'm like somebody's in on the joke they i think people knew i don't think we devolved i think we devolved in our morals (laughs) you know actually this might be sacrosanct but i was gonna say i feel like the person who did that is someone from the church someone who wanted to build the fear in the people are like look this is what happens right yes i agree 
man of science. I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I ultimately don't have my own evidence to say it's from the church, but I'm like, I don't know what media tells me makes sense. Now we're prosecuting the church, the church halfway oh, yeah, through yeah. the episode. But what we know about witch hunting and uh, religion and yeah. power and stuff. But yeah. I mean, even then, like, I can see the common villager. Like, it's very equivalent to, like, if you catch a bug and you want to keep it forever. Like, you're a little kid, you just caught a butterfly and you yeah. don't want it to go away. But then you lift up the box just to see, and then it flies away. It's like, dude, right. if you don't want the vampire to leave, then don't lift it out of the box yeah. just to see if it's exactly. still there. Exactly. Oh, this makes sense. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. yeah, so they have red fluid coming out of everywhere. But Megan, I don't know if you caught this. I think my guess is you did not because I don't think you said mm. anything. But we will no. call back. So let's let's call back to our supposed vampire friend, Arnod, whom okay. you may recall – the villagers drove a stake through Arnaud's chest and he groaned. But okay. Arnaud died. This is this is after he had died. Yes. So Arnaud died okay. weeks before in an unexpected okay. way. And okay. they drove a stake through his heart after they saw him gallivanting around and hunting people down and being all kinds of things, right? So right. they're like, oh, okay. this guy's a vampire. Let's drive a stake through his heart. But he groaned. So yeah. how the hell could he have let out a groan after death? I don't know. I feel like dead bodies make noise mm-hmm. because of all the gas that's being emitted from them. That's mm-hmm. what I would assume. Yeah. But I, what's the answer? Well, no. Yeah. You're, I was going to say, look, this is a callback. If you guys haven't, if you guys are just tuning in, then go listen to our last October Spooktober series where we talked about being buried, buried alive, alive yeah. because a lot of the bells would start ringing because of the gases. Started, mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. started to bloom, yeah. which is what happens during decomposition. So yeah. like I said earlier, that when you die, a bunch of blood and fluid pools in your lungs and chest. So mm-hmm. if a stake is being hammered into your lungs, that is mm-hmm. essentially an event that can cause sounds like a low groan or even mm-hmm. a high-pitched scream, which is even scarier, yeah, yeah. as gases <laughs> are forced yeah. out. Yeah. And, and thus begins more tall tales, misinterpretation complete. <laughs> right, right. So yeah. – I mean, that is pretty scary. Like, I if I didn't understand the science behind that, which I will be honest, I didn't really understand. Like, I probably could guess at it, but I wouldn't know for sure. If mm-hmm. I heard a high-pitched scream from, let's say it was a woman that we're driving mm-hmm. a stake through, I would freak the hell out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would definitely be unnerved, but, for sure. Mm-hmm. I would be, yeah. That would weird me out. That would weird me out. Mm-hmm. I would think I was haunted for the rest of my life after that. <laughs> <laughs> and my, uh, now, now, if if you were a witness to this and you see, saw someone drive a stake through a heart, and the body goes, <laughs> and it just starts, hands, eyes, a flutter. That would be oh, so. Funny. I would. I, oh my god. <laughs> I would be so pissed Sorry. because I know you would be the one that dragged me to this stake driving event. I'm like, bitch. I hope he haunts you too. <laughs> yeah. But misunderstandings around death and decomposition were not all. There were also misconceptions about disease. So we're going to hit on the third and final one, especially ones of the mind that can, could induce behavioral changes. So schizophrenia and tuberculosis mm-hmm. or TB are two diseases that have been proposed as natural experiences that may have aided in the vampire mythology. So a study published in the journal Neurology by Juan Gomez Alonso in Spain would even argue that many of the main attributes of a vampire have striking similarities to the physical symptoms associated with rabies. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Quote, 
In certain cases, rabies appears similar to vampirism. The rabid patient rushes at those who approach him, biting and tearing them as if he was a wild beast. In mm. both cases, the method of transmission is identical since rabies infections are caused through animal bites, animal bites or blood-to-blood -blood contact. Mm. So it's literally the same thing. Yeah, that's why I'm like, okay, how how are they identical and not the same thing? Like, is not rabies then just vampirism? Well, yes, that's what he's saying. Like, yeah. I think that's the villagers mistook. I mean, they didn't have the tools yeah. or the resources and knowledge at the time, of course. So okay. they told it how they thought they saw it, which is through a story. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay. Yes. So even though dogs or raccoons, I would say these days are mostly associated with rabies, in the past, rural villagers would have had more interactions with animals like wolves, rats, etc. There are also many documented cases of rabies infections from bats in both mm -hmm. Europe and in the United States. Mm -hmm. So it's not too far of a stretch for villagers to believe that individu individuals who suddenly display bizarre animalistic type behavior after an animal bite or an interaction. Mm -hmm. And by interaction, I mean even just eating the meat of someone who – of an animal who had rabies. Right. It, they might think this might be due to a dark, otherworldly spirit or being. Mm. Okay. I think it's also important to note that in early Slavic reports, there was no distinction between vampires and what we call a werewolf. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. That in makes sense because in, mm -hmm. as we mentioned, there's lore that vampires can turn into um animals and stuff and i know like yeah. turning into a dog is something like mm -hmm. you know i watch what we do in the shadows and yes, yes. one of them does turn into like a pack of dogs oh a pack of dogs <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> damn <laughs> multiple that's some strong um, vampire blood <laughs> yes yes uh so like that is so that's well, that's what i find so interesting about this more i don't know is it contemporary this concept of werewolf versus vampire um i think so maybe it's a little more contemporary yeah but like because i'm like vampires technically can can turn into canines so like are they really that different where's the love <laughs> well i see i had no idea that vampires that's part of the lore i had no idea that mm -hmm. they turned into vampire uh they turned into dogs yeah the only thing just from dracula is like oh they mm -hmm. might turn into bats but i didn't even know if that was canon canon mm -hmm. whatever that means yeah, 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 yeah. right yeah. so this is all news to me uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, so as as we talked about, in some cases of stories and reports, a vampire is simply what a werewolf became once it died. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the relation. That's the first time I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. Okay. Yeah. But I think there's also some credence to they're able to transform as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Gomez goes on to support the theory that rabies is the disease alleged to belief in vampires. The mm. manner of death for people who contract rabies and die will typically suffer from suffocation or cardiorespiratory arrest. And mm. the postmortem of a person who dies from rabies, those features are in line with vampire char characteristics. Mm. So blood that is less likely to coagulate or clot, leading to mm -hmm. slower decomposition, even above ground. Mm-hmm. Humans can also contract rabies by drinking unpasteurized milk or eating undercooked meat from a rabid cow, which per mm -hmm. folklore, you can also turn into a vampire by just eating meat from an animal that was bitten by a vampire. So yeah. essentially contaminated meat. So they're on the yeah. right track, but mm -hmm. again, just mm -hmm. didn't have the knowledge to put into scientific words. Yeah. So it's like a combo. It's a, I can see a villagers, community, whatever, see a fellow townsperson 
mm-hmm. eat infected meat, go through the stages of rabies, see them s- mentally decompose essentially until they die from the virus. And then they're like, this person was a vampire because they yeah. see the rabies. They're like, let's put them face down in the dirt. Yeah. And then when they exhume them, they're like, oh my gosh, they didn't decompose because yes. they're six feet down. So it's like mm-hmm. a combo of, um, it's, it's I like, yeah, I like learn, like this was really fun because it's the, yeah, you're right. It's the layers of this is one aspect. The rabies is one aspect of what we know in vampire lore of like the frenzied feeding, mm-hmm. the sucking on blood or that, you know, or just whatever yeah. being feral essentially, <laughs> but tied into the longevity, the internal life span and like non-aging Right. Which was just them being buried in a cooler temperature. Totally. Yeah. And I think it's not coincidental that these stories popped up primarily in Eastern Europe and mm-hmm. sort of stayed in that area because I believe yeah. the temperatures are mostly colder. Like I'm talking like Serbia, like Russia, like yeah, there, yeah, there yeah. right? It's yeah. going to be cold most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to me. Yes. So it's also probably no coincidence the time period when vampire tales started to pop up, it coincided mm-hmm. with a major epidemic of rabies in dogs, mm. wolves, and other wild animals between 1721 and 1728. And this is kind of an aside that I wanted to add in here. I didn't write it down, but I was doing some research on another story or video. And basically, it was talking about how disease came to the new world or even came mm-hmm. to Europe. Like how did mm-hmm. all these plagues happen in the first place? And it really came down to uh, Europeans starting to domesticate, otherwise usually not domesticated animals. Like the whole reason that we even got diseases, it's from animals. And then of mm-hmm. course everything like develops tolerance over time. There develops new diseases, new viruses, blah blah. But how it starts is we started to get closer contact with our animals, um, mm-hmm. who were not having the same hygienic practices, obviously, as humans. So. Around this time, people in the villages were coming in more clo- closer contact with wolves. There were rats mm-hmm. in the home, et cetera, et cetera. They kept dogs, right? And cows and cattle. So being in close proximity to all of these animals, it just lends more credence to them getting these types of diseases more often. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. also them not knowing what the hell it was. They're like, I've never seen this before. The And so this coincidence of rabies starting to pop up in the 1700s or mid 1700s this coincidence may have been caught actually as early as 1733 when an anonymous physician argued that vampirism is quote a contagious illness more or less of the same nature as that which Mm. comes from the bite of a rabid dog so Mm. there was a theory there was a connection made right in the thick of everyone saying this is vampires these are vampires right um and I, I think it's kind of telling that he had to submit this anonymously because it was probably not a popular theory to right. be like, it's yeah. not that. I should have done more research on the etymology of vampire because I'm curious I what that was means. just doing that. Oh, my God. If you notice me being silent, I was comparing the etymology of rabies and vampire. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know if you already me. looked at it. Well, um, for rabies, it definitely comes from the Latin word rabies which equates to madness madness mm-hmm. there's also the sanskrit rabhas to mm-hmm. rage mm-hmm. and then the greeks use lisa or um from which means violent mm-hmm. so that's that that's rabies okay vampire is not as straightforward and 
unfortunately, unsatisfyingly, unsatisfyingly, (laughs) they definitely don't have a connection. But it's what you said. It's like the word vampire, like earliest recorded wasn't until like late 1600s. And it seemed that even though it was recorded so late, it did seem like the word had been used for a long time. But there's like, we don't know really where it comes from. Mm -hmm. Again, this is just from Wikipedia. Sure. It's a cursory search. Sure. Um, But... In Slavic, uh, it says another less widespread theory is that the Slavic languages have borrowed the word from a Turkic term for witch. Mm. So that's another theory. Um, yeah, there's there's nothing too straightforward about the etymology of the word vampire. That would make sense so, to me. And the yeah. Slavic origin, I think it is of Slavic origins because that's just where mm-hmm. it started up yeah, from. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'll do a little more digging and see what I can find. But yeah, I was that would be curious to find out. Um, yeah. But I do think that in a lot of cultures, vampires are actually witches or Mm -hmm. maybe vice versa. There's a lot of cultures. There are witches that have vampiric tendencies. And I think that vampires at the core of it are just an offshoot of witches, a type of witch, essentially. Exactly. Um, And I think just in like contemporary, you know, Twilight, our our young adult novels and all that stuff, like (laughs) – now in our in our the entertainment media we consume they are a completely distinct thing but i think truly at the heart of it vampires are witches yes i I agree i just did a very cursory search as well Mm -hmm. and i think the so basically exactly what you said megan the original Mm -hmm. word is actually uber or uber Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is the turkish origin and it's uber means witch and then it turned into vampire somehow which is hungarian and then that became a witch it's essentially a witch right yeah so exactly what you said yeah i wonder how much it is has to do with like u's and v's yeah u's like the letter u and the letter v being the same the same in Mm -hmm. different languages totally totally Mm -hmm. that's very interesting because i was like that doesn't really sound exactly the same so i wonder how that got there but i think it's just what it looked like written down Yeah. yeah cool okay so um it is still absolutely fascinating to me that if this is all true, I mm-hmm. personally think it is, a disease like rabies had the power to build an entire mythology, an entire folklore that has stayed with us to modern day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember I even dressed up as a vampire for Halloween once. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a classic, right? Yeah. So it's still something that's very much can't go wrong with a vampire. Everyone loves wearing the teeth and the blood mm-hmm. and all the things. So I just mm-hmm. like w- thinking about Halloween in general, it's pretty interesting that some things just have so much staying power and even to what you were saying uh i forgot what the name of the show is in the shadows oh what we do in the shadows what we do in the shadows like (laughs) a freaking show about vampires yeah so good (laughs) yeah i need to watch it yeah it's hilarious it's not scary at all yeah yeah. i mean maybe maybe there might be some moments that are like scary but it's all comedy it's just so funny exactly like i think that's great and then this is a quote from uh Professor of History at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada, Dr. Jessica Wing. She says, among the European peasantry, wolves were dreaded because of the physical threat that they represented, but Mm. also because they could transmit the symptoms that we now understand are caused by the rabies virus. Mm -hmm. So – and Dr. Wang's research is cool. She she researches the social history of rabies. Yeah. And it truly just goes beyond vampires in general – 
People associate witchcraft and the cult forces with animals, Hmm. as well as the crossing of the line between animals and humans. Mm -hmm. And she goes on to say, I think a lot of the fear was based on the fact that humans are animals and what happens Mm. if people blur that line rather than try and preserve it. Right. And I'm also like, how much of it was people who work closely with animals during this time where there is this true, like, genuine fear of witches and vampires? I'm like, what if they're just people... Who it's just like a farm person who happens to Dude. work very intimately with animals, Megan. and therefore you have more of a risk of being exposed to rabies, being exposed to smallpox. Therefore, where are the warts coming from? You know all this like mythology around like how a witch would look. I'm like maybe they're just farm people, <laughs> you know, and they are exposed to disease because they work so closely with farm animals, Dude. and maybe they had higher death rates, higher exposure to rabies, so that they were just like crazy and rabid all the time sucks dude megan you mm. are on a fucking roll i'll just tell okay, you were that. you gonna say that too My bad. yes i'm sorry no no no. sorry <laughs> no I, this is great yeah. like it's great mm. transitions for, for me yeah, yeah. okay so good. speaking of farmers a prussian mm-hmm. newspaper in the 19th century talked about a farmer who was yeah. seized with rabies and yeah. ran amok through the village as though he was possessed he yeah. this is quote He finally took refuge in his own house where he Mm -hmm. attacked his wife, a young woman to whom he had recently been married to, and Mm. literally tore her to pieces. Mm. And after killing his poor wife, he was seized with another convulsion and inflicted wounds upon himself from which he died. Yeah. When neighbors entered the house, both dead bodies were found on the floor, quote, frightfully mangled and still warm. Mm. Mm -hmm. No mention in the newspaper if he was buried face down. (laughs) I think if he's torn torn apart at this point by his own There's self, he no th- they don't need to put him any direction. <laughs> Dude, that's just so like we'll have to do a whole episode on rabies. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, twenty eight yeah. days later, it was a it was a cinem- cinematic oh. phenomenon about just like the rage virus, and it's just oh, like souped up rabies. Essentially, that's what the whole. It's all fiction, right? Like, it's, oh, okay. it's just a horror film. It's just a horror film. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> like, a really good zombie film, essentially. But it gives... Yeah. It, it is so successful because it plays on that hint of realness of, like, there is such thing as a rage virus, a.k.a. rabies. What would happen if we had a <laughs> pandemic level of a virus this, like imagine? this? Right. Like, yeah. So um, and that's that's what makes the movie so good and scary because you're yeah. just like, oh, like that would be wild. The possibilities are endless. <laughs> Dude, that is I haven't even thought about that. Like one person, the rabies, we can drive one stake through their heart for if there's like 30,000 of us. <laughs> we don't have right. enough wood. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your houses. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's so interesting. It also brings for me, it, it's a callback to my little snippet on flying oil, like how yeah. women would put flying oil on themselves mm-hmm. and like it would be kind of an aphrodisiac or whatever, sure. but it also give them like hallucinatory trips. And remember I gave that like anecdote about how one woman was found naked in some guy's barn yeah. and after like going on a flying oil trip and he was like, what are you doing here? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but part of me is like, I mean, what are the chances that she was just like a local farmer as well who got, who confused her barn with another barn yeah. and 
this is such a such a big stretch but i'm like what if she had some sort of like animal disease maybe mm-hmm. like smallpox or something and she just wanted to put flying oil on to like calm herself down yeah sure no <laughs> yeah. totally like you you would try any ointment or remedy at that point too i'm sure yeah, exactly it's a possibility damn uh last few moments of this and then we're done mm-hmm. i i was these are just my closing thoughts now my closing remarks i was okay, okay. i was gonna say i think we can find a lot of commonality with the villagers in europe and even the u.s since there were mm-hmm. some cases in the u.s their very real fear manifested as this folk story that they told and passed down to prevent this line between man and animal from ever crossing. Mm. And it's a question that we can ask ourselves. What happens when we lose ourselves, when we lose control of our own being, our bodies, and then we go into this fit of rage or madness? Mm-hmm. What then distinguishes us from the beast? Or is there always a beast lurking mm. within? The fear for the villagers was not so much the, so much these questions because they were seeing this in front of their very eyes. They saw the man crossing to beast. So their mm. fear was just how easily that line could be breached. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that. That is the story yeah. and history of vampires. Oh, so interesting. I feel like every time mm. there's a conversation about vampires or – what anytime that it is brought up as a main topic around me yeah. <laughs> i learn something new each time okay i always feel like i learn more about the folklore the mythology the origin um so this was really cool because i definitely learned a lot here what have you um, learned the well the stronger tie to rabies it's that's mm. one of those things where it's like i feel like i knew that yeah. but had not heard like the the exact tie into or or the connection between rabies and vampirism Mm -hmm. the um i mean i think the cool one of the coolest facts you shared was when there was a big boom of vampire fear and and um exhuming bodies in the Mm -hmm. 1700s in like slavic countries that's that actually overlapped with a boom in rabies Mm -hmm. so i thought that was really rad yeah um in terms of like new information yeah um and also like putting it together it's it's like it's like things these are everything you said were like kind of things that i've known but mm-hmm. not really put together so yeah. also the concept of yeah it makes sense that vampire origins come from colder climates mm-hmm. and the whole mythology around them being younger and eternal comes from colder climates because yeah. you are literally going to be preserved much better <laughs> at a colder yeah. temperature yeah so it all makes sense yeah. it's fun facts it's like tr- yeah cool vampire trivia <laughs> it Love really it. is and i think i as you said like i think i understood all the science like i understood mm-hmm. the medicine behind it of, like how your body works and in terms of that kind of decomposition but i didn't yeah. understand all the folklore behind it like what they believed and the methods that they use like all the tricks that they tried to do to make vampires mm-hmm. be killed once and for all right and how right. it like so perfectly matched up with their fear and it just mm-hmm. like you said it was just self-fulfilling and it just confirmed it positively positively confirmed to them that yes this is true so we're yeah. gonna keep doing this <laughs> right i think that what i have to remind myself though because we kind of we talked about witches in our last spooktober mm-hmm. series or diff- like southeast asian witches in particular yeah. i think but like i have to remind myself that again in those cultures mm-hmm. they're 
they have witches that have vampiric ten- tendencies, and sometimes the terms are overlapped or are um, used in substitution of one another. Okay. But I'm like, when I think of demons and vampires and witches in Southeast Asian con- cultures, I truly don't think of undying. Oh. You know, I think more mm-hmm. of like spirit and stuff. Like, okay. I don't think, I don't think, I don't have that Western ideology of like ah. eternally youthful. I see them more as like spirit entities. Got it. I wonder in Southeast Asian cultures or other, like, does India, does India have, um, I'm like sure vampiro- they do. Vampiric lore. But again, like, it would be more like a spirit. It's not like right, a Like a, like being. a, more of like a de- demon or a, yeah. or a god potentially. I don't right. know. Um, yeah, I was, I'm curious if like, what's the word? I can't, I don't know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Similarities. Yeah, I'm curious in terms of like, is there is how much is similar and how much is different just mm-hmm. based on climate? That's really all I was trying oh, to get at. Yeah, 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 that's a good thought. Yeah, I can do that digging because I'm curious too. <laughs> but um, I was gonna say like at least for my personal, I will say I haven't had much experience with vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't. I'm not like even though I love Halloween, I have I'm not like super into like the scary stuff. Yeah, but yeah. uh, for me like. I didn't really fully understand. I mean, I think I knew like a baseline, but it's not something I like ever looked into uh, mm-hmm. the difference between a vampire and Dracula. Like I had a feeling that they were pretty much like interchangeable in the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think mm-hmm. Dracula is just his name. Cause uh, for me, like yes. I grew up thinking like Dracula was a vampire. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Dracula's a name for another name for a vampire, but that was just I like see. his name. So when I yeah, think yeah. of vampire, I think of like, you know, Count Dracula or like the yeah. Count from Sesame Street. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, stuff you, like that. you're thinking of like high, high, uh, collar. high collars and a long cape. Yeah. Yes. And like, I was going to, that, that actually is hand. how I want, like, what I wanted to ask you, at, like, towards the end. Um, yeah. I guess if this is the wrap up, this is the wrap up. I was going to say, like, what is your favorite interpretation of a vampire? Like, uh, are you, are you a. I guess, yeah, I'll just leave it like, like that. What's your favorite interpretation? I think I only know one interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess just like the European version, because I don't yeah. think, I think that's very interesting that you shared that you think of vampires as spirits, like from the mm-hmm. South Asian South Asian perspective or Southeast mm-hmm. Asian perspective. I think of it as like a human being who's undone. Got it. Got it. Living forever. Well, yeah. Um, well, I, it's not that I think of, I prioritize one belief or the other. I just know that there's differing cultural beliefs and interpretations of vampires. Um, I mean, for myself, when I think of vampire, my initial thought is definitely the Bram Stoker-esque vampire, the very traditional Victorian Gothic literature vampire. Um, But that, while that is the core of many of our vampire interpretations of media today, there's like derivatives of that. So I was going to say like, Mm -hmm. like, do you like, this is just for funsies. I'm like, do you you favor like the twilight sparkling skin vampire or are you a traditionalist? Like, are you like, um, interview with a vampire type of energy, which I love that movie. So (laughs) if you haven't seen it, I haven't seen that. Watch it. This Halloween, I will, this October, I'll watch it. Um, yeah, it's a little long, but it's, it's fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I need some new shows or new movies for Mm -hmm. October. Uh, I was going to say, I think I like the idea and I'll just to backtrack a little bit. 
I have now I'm starting to realize how much vampires play a huge part in our culture. I'm thinking like mm-hmm. vampire diaries. I'm thinking, of course, Twilight was huge. And yeah. I'm like, what is like Twilight was what's so the appeal? Yes, what's the yeah. appeal? I think that so so I actually had this question when you were talking like very early on. I'm like, why is it? Because you mentioned Halloween costumes, and yeah. I'm like, till the end of time, as long yeah. as Halloween is around, vampires will always be a go-to option, no matter yes. how old and tired that yes. costume is. It's a classic. <laughs> yes, and classic. I was like, why? Why do we? Why are we always okay with a vampire costume? Why are we interested in vampires so much? Um, I think it has to do with like going back to the seductiveness of dracula essentially i think it has to do with this concept of mm-hmm. seduction yeah i think humans I love sensual literature yes and uh, as long as there's something that's scary but also sexy we're gonna we're gonna want to keep eating off of that Mm-hmm. <laughs> that theme and you know what there i'll even take it further i think it's the seduction because i'm thinking mm-hmm. vampire dies there's a lots of seduction in that lots mm-hmm, of seduction mm-hmm. in twilight but mm-hmm. it's also this thought of like a forbidden love like mm-hmm. you know there's something yeah. very forbidden and sexy about it mm-hmm. and otherworldly like you it's it's like we know humans like we understand what a human is but to understand this other being there's such a huge appeal to just like understanding this other person or this right whatever they are this otherworldly being so i don't know i think there's like another layer to that which is what makes it so appealing i mean now i'll never think of things the same way like when we see like you said at party city or halloween town or the hell whatever it's called Mm -hmm. all the stores you go there like you have like the fake teeth and what do they always have like the blood dripping from the mouth you know Right, right and like now I mean, yes and no. I was going to say, like, maybe that could be coming from, like, them biting someone and, like, having blood. But I also am thinking right. of them when they're dead. And now, like, all the food yeah. is coming out of their mouth. Like, there's, like, a dual meaning to all of this that has been stemming from the origins in the 1730s all the way to now. True. And it and it's amazing that it made it this far. And we continue to yeah. honor that that part of history like that actual truth in my mind yeah. i'm like well hey guys you heard it here first if you're gonna dress up as a ha- uh, vampire this halloween take it a step further don't just put blood on the corners of your mouth put it coming out of your eyes your in nose your and your ears they said especially <laughs> your ears that's the yeah, hallmark of vampire of ears yeah <laughs> so someone's gonna be like are you a concussed vampire? <laughs> no, I'm the OG yeah. vampire. I'm the OG. Well, I'm an exhumed vampire. Exhumed. Well, I was going to say, like, we were, we talk about this a lot in previous episodes. We're like, it's so interesting, like, what makes it through history all the way to mm-hmm. modern times. Because we were talking, I'm thinking specifically the potato episode, not to co- mm-hmm. call back to the potato house for the millionth time. <laughs> Clearly, I like that episode. Yeah. Um, but when we were both talking about how our mothers will tell us to wash the skin of the potato and then cut Mm -hmm. it um or of all our vegetables really right yeah but they don't tell us why or what's the reasoning behind it so i'm just like taking a bird's eye view at everything and thinking how interesting it is to know what sticks and what doesn't through time like what stories actually get passed down and it really shows us as like as human beings what we find and place importance on yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And fun fact, after the potato episode, I did ask my mom. I was okay. like, like, I know you told me to cut the eyes off of and don't eat green potatoes, but you never ever told me why as a kid. And mm-hmm. then her response was just like, oh, because it makes you sick. 
but that was it. And I'm like, that's that was enough to just be passed down. Just the concept that makes you sick. You don't need to know why it makes you sick. You know, like you don't have to look into the science. We just know it makes you sick, and that's what matters. That's so cool. Because then I ended up telling her, I was mm-hmm. like, "But do you know why it makes you sick? Or are you just your mom, your mom, your grandma told you this? Just yeah, passed down from generations. It just makes you sick." And I don't really, yeah, I think she didn't. She didn't know why. She's just like, That's "Oh yeah, it just wild. it just makes you your tummy hurt." And I'm like okay <laughs> that is wild okay i think yeah. that's that could be like a really if you guys are in into that kind of research i was like that could be a fascinating <clears throat> research project just to understand like how stories get diluted over time and throughout yes. history where yes. and it could be just generational too like mm-hmm. i'm thinking this could be total just like me blanket state statement over here but i'm saying like in the 50s like we got the wars going on they don't got time to tell you all these stories so they just right. tell you just don't eat the potatoes just wash them, cut out the eyes. It'll make you sick. I don't have time to explain. And then, yeah. you know, just like generationally, right. maybe they just didn't have the luxury to explain these long, elaborate stories. Yeah. No, you, I don't. I don't think they did have the luxury because if they didn't get, <laughs> if they didn't get to the part which is critical, which is it's going to make you sick, you would yeah. die. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like get to the point. In the, in the process of cleaning and cooking, back in the olden days, <laughs> if they're like, you know, there are some alloys in here, <laughs> blah blah blah, they're just peeling, peeling, and then they look over, you've already eaten it, yeah. and you're dead. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> didn't Never tell mind. them why. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, so so fascinating, but. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's going to be our first episode of our Spooktober series. I hope you enjoyed it. All about our vampires. Love it. All right. Let's end with antidotes. I I keep wanting to say anecdotes. Antidotes. 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 We've been doing this for two years, and I still can't get it right. That's okay. All right. All right. (laughs) My antidote is that I am going to be working remotely up in Sacramento for a week, which... That just means I'm going home for a week to check on my mama's house while mm-hmm. she's gone away overseas. And yeah. I um I'm excited to sound get out like of town. a soldier. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I I intentionally put overseas because I'm like, it sounds like she died. Now I'll say she's overseas, but now it sounds like she's yeah, like been deployed or something. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway no she's not she's just visiting family and in her home country yeah um so i'm gonna go up and have like a little staycation watching her house mm-hmm. and it'll be nice to just have that alone time i guess i'm gonna bring my kitty cats with me it'll be their first long car so ride awesome. up north to uh north to sacramento mm-hmm. um yeah i'm really looking forward to this week this upcoming yeah. week Oh, by the way, yeah. pets are welcome at my place if you were curious. I had a feeling they were. I was going to ask, yeah. but in my head, I'm like, I know she's going to say yes. Yeah. She will say yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have, we have, it's a pet friendly building. Yeah. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, I was, really I was going to say that's my antidote because I don't have a lot to look forward to in this week. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> so I'm going to look, I'm, this week is dead to me we're gonna move on to the next week uh yeah i'm excited it's been a long time i feel like it's been a long time since i've seen you in person so i am excited to i think i'm gonna come up i think i'm gonna come up to sack and do the thing and if not yeah i think megan will try to make her way down to the city where i am yeah either way the goal is to see each other at least once absolutely that's what's gonna happen it's yeah, happen. that's definitely yeah that's (laughs) that's the add-on to my antidote which is we get to see each other so stoked If you do come to Sacramento, Sorry. that's a bonus because I'd love to show you around. So. Yeah, because I've never been to Sacktown. And mm-hmm. it's October. Yes. Dude, should Ooh, we drive by Dorothea leaves. Puente's house? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, shit. We should. I should drive you by there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I my God. Like that. 
Dude, that would yeah, be nuts. So, all right, you heard it first here on the pod, guys. I think we're going to do a Dorothea Puente drive by. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take footage. I feel like it won't be that exciting, unfortunately, but like you can but like, don't they see open where up bodies the are house? I'm not sure if they still do that. Like, I haven't, okay. I mean, yes, it used to be like the own people who moved in, open the house and all that. Um, but it's been a long time. I'm not sure Damn. if it's like under new occupation or whatever damn i yeah. i'm so shocked to learn that people live there like willingly yes. i mean cheap rent at the end of, yeah that that is there are a lot of bodies that were buried there a lot of people that died there seven on the other more. hand i'm like it is nice property <laughs> in the capital of california so yeah, yeah it's got a lot of space and a lot of rooms clearly <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a lot of backyard space, but you can clearly make do, right? Yeah. All right, so that would be that would be a potential plan <laughs> for us to okay. do that. Okay. Well, that was it. We'll enjoy for next week Megan's first episode of the Spooktober yes. series. I'm very excited. I'm probably not going to be able to sleep for weeks because Megan oh. does like to scare. <laughs> I do. I like to make them extra spooky. And as she should. As she should. So mm-hmm. I will close this out with don't risk it. Mm. Don't risk it for that face down, uncoagulated blood biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> face down, biscuit up. <laughs> <laughs> that's our new pin yes, next round of pins face pin. down biscuit up <laughs> love it love it all right all right bye. see you later pussy pals bye <laughs>